Hello, hello, hello. You're welcome to the Startup Lagos Podcast, a podcast dedicated to highlighting the bubbling scene of the growing startup community of the city of Lagos. And I'm your host, Olumide Olainka. And if you'd like to subscribe to the show, join us on SoundCloud, iTunes, RSS, at startuplagos.co. Some people do not know how to do that. They don't know how to like express themselves in their fashion sense, in their style sense. So as a fashion stylist, that's what I do. I help people exp- express themselves through clothing, not only clothing, makeup, hairstyling. I do all that for celebrities because I've worked with a lot of celebrities in Nigeria and America, everywhere you can think of. I've styled a lot of celebrities. So um, secondly, you can advise a client on skincare, beauty, health regimes, write articles on latest fashion trends like fashion bloggers, select items to appear in fashion magazines, media. You can go on and on and on. Select fashion items for photographic shoots. Provide makeup, hairstyling services, and all that. That's what a fashion stylist do. So um, a personal requirement for a fashion stylist, if you want to become a fashion stylist, you, have to, you must have the passion for fashion. You must have the, the passion for, uh, the flair for styles. You must have um, a natural flair for fashion, like I said, Google, good organizational skills. You must be organized. Um, you must have a good communication skill, a good color and design sense. You must be able to motivate people and so on. Okay? So um, now how do we tend to make money from fashion styling? How do you make money from styling, from clothing? Some people think, oh, you just wear, you just put on a cloth and it's not just to wear celebrities' clothes. Is that not it? What else? Or oh, it's not just so. How did I start? In school, I studied in Madonna University. I never knew I could take this as, um, I could take it as a career. I just started wearing clothes, and people really loved what I was always wearing. So a lot of people just wanted to, a lot of people admired my outfit, and they just wanted to, like, wear what I was wearing. So they walk up to me, and they ask me, oh, John Gerald, how can I? look like you, I'm like, okay, you must pay. Sometimes I started with 2,000 Naira. I'll take 2,000 Naira from my friends, I'll give them my clothes to wear, and they'll return it back. So that's how I started. I never waited for anyone to like put me in school, I mean, put me in a, in a white collar job or something. That's how I started my own career. And I took that, I had the flair for fashion, I won the best dress in my school as a fashion icon in Madonna University, Okija. And that was how I started uh, fashion. I started fashion styling. You, it's hard to see, um, it's hard to see someone who really has the passion for what he or she does and keeps going. A lot of people drop by the side, but I kept, <clears throat> sorry, I kept going and that was how I started my fashion career. I took it along with me. I went on my NYC period in Calabar. 
I went on. I said, I want the best dressed again. The governor's wife, Her Excellency Miss Moke, found me and then saw I love dressing good and all that. And makeup by Zaron, they picked me up. Oh, she loves makeup and all that. And that's how I just kept going on and on and on and on and on. Then I got a job in Globalcom. I started working, I started dressing myself and I won best dressed again in Glow. And afterwards, that was the way I started. And I started styling Yemi Alade, Dija, a lot of them. And this is where I am today. So now back to business. How do you make money from fashion styling? A fashion stylist, uh, fashion stylists rather, are usually self-employed like me, which not only means they can set their own rates, but can also be paid in several different ways. Some are paid hourly wage, some are paid by day, which is called a day rate. However, start small and work your way up. An entry-level fashion stylist can expect to earn, earn around $10 about 3600 per hour or $100 to $200 per you know per hour it just depends on um, per day rather while some charge according to designers outfit pulled out and looks which were some looks are more expensive when you pull out some outfits from designers like some people charge per look some people charge it just depends. It depends on how you want to like charge. Because fashion styling is a very great business. People do not know. People don't even go to school for to be a fashion stylist. Me, I didn't go to school to be a fashion stylist. I just started out of passion. So I advise people to try and find just find a way to fall in love with what you do. Because Opportunities do not come easily. Thank you and God bless. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Ms. Gerald. So we're about to start the panel discussion and I'd like to invite, this session is going to be divided into three. It's um, there's the first panel session, which will involve me asking questions to our panelists. Then we would have questions from the audience for 30 minutes, and at the end of it, there's an exhibition for 30 minutes. Okay, so I'd like to call on our first panelist for today, um, Makioba. She's an award-winning designer that bettered the fashion line, the self-named fashion line, Makioba, which is Nigeria's number one plus-size designer. Also here, we have um, Joanne Gerald, who has just given us a talk. She's um, a stylist. Okay, and here we have um, the only man on the panel. We have um, Jason Porsche. He's Jason Porsche. He's, the force, he's a force in the male fashion world with bold colors and nice fittings. He has worked with some of the biggest stylist, stylish men in the industry. 
Please welcome him. Welcome him. So we're about to begin the session. I will be asking them questions, and then they will respond. Then at the end of it, we'll have the question and answer for the audience. Okay. So my first question. My first question, I'll start from Makioba. Um, how do you know the right fashion niche for you, the right fashion business? Good evening, everyone. My name is uh, Makioba Olubile. I'm the creative director of um, a plus size made in Nigeria brand for women. And, um, can I get a question again? How do you know the right fashion business for you? How do you know your niche? How do you know, oh, this is where I can fit in fashion? Okay, um, being a plus size designer, I, I, I don't think I actually, you know, um, plan to be a plus size designer because that's a niche I've created for myself. You know, when I used to make clothes, I will, you know, design and um, put on mannequin because mannequin is where you get the body form. That's where you get the fits and all that. And I wasn't seeing exactly what I envisioned why I, while creating this design. So I started, I now made myself my own muse. So I will make clothes and put it on my body, make all the adjustments on my body. And um, when I take a picture, the response I got, I was like, wow, I never knew people really like big body. As for there are women out there that are like, big body, probably, yes, we've been, you know, finding it difficult to get clothing when we want to go out, to, you know, to look good and all that. When, when we want to go to somewhere for work or any kind of event, if you go to stores, all what you see is sorry for the slimmer body. And you don't see the one that fits very well on you. So the um, plus size community, say relating to what I do or how I dress, you know, I will, you know, design and, you know, not really professional pictures, just take a picture in front of the mirror and, and all that. And that was how my niche came to me. I think it found me. That, that's how I'll put it. Thank you. Thank you. Would, you, would you like to add anything to that? Hi. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Jason. And... I'm a very young person, like so many of you. Um, I started in 2012, and uh, it's been quite a journey. Um, carving your niche is actually one of the most important things for you, not just as a fashion designer, but also as an entrepreneur. It's really important. You need to find out something that would help you stand out from the crowd. Because this business of fashion, yeah? There are so many people who are fashion designers now. People just wake up and all of a sudden they want to become fashion designers. Even before registering their companies, they just wake up and then create Instagram handles with names and whatever, and then they make themselves fashion designers. And then they, they, they get it wrong because 
Before you start a brand, you need to find yourself. When I mean find yourself, you need to know your area of strength. You need to actually know what you're good at. Are you artistic? Are you, um, are you, do you always see things logically? Are you, um, are you a corporate person? Are you a hippie person? You need to find your strength. For me, I'm a very, very calm and reserved person. I'd say I'm a gentle person. So that's where my connection from suits started. Even though I didn't start making suits just like that. In fact, when I started making clothes, I started with t-shirts. I used to work in a company, my uncle's company. I was really young when I was managing one of the branches. So fashion for me started like one of the um, side hustles. That's the word. Because I was earning my salary and then I was saving up money to produce t-shirts. And then when I produced these t-shirts, I used to put prints on them and then I started selling them. Sometimes I, I sell them and I make much more than my salary. That was where the first question came in. And I was like, yo, am I supposed to be sitting down here? You know, I could actually make more money for myself, you know. So I started, I started in Portacot. So, so many people knew me for those t-shirts that I used to sell. I used to put any prints that I could find interesting. SpongeBob was a fun person, then a character for young people. Girls loved it, Tom and Jerry, whatever, whatever it was. Immediately came into my head, I just put it on the shirts and I was selling them off, you know. So I went for a runway event and then I put those shirts on the runway and um, people kept seeing shirts and shirts and shirts and shirts. The first suit design that ever popped up, I'm not proud of it, but I'm proud of it now. It wasn't even a, a suit I designed myself. People were bored when they kept seeing t-shirts on the runway. And then I just called the boy. I looked at him and I removed the jacket I was wearing and I put it on him. And I said, no, don't wear any other thing. Just go with your shorts. He was wearing a black shirt, Chino's shirt. And he went out with the jacket I was wearing, no, with a bare body, nothing on his feet. And immediately he came on the runway. Everybody was screaming and I was like, Wow. So these guys ignored my own hard work. <laughs> and they were screaming for something that I just thought of randomly as I got there. So that was when the first sign came in. And I, I started making suits, you know. Um, so many people now make suits. There are so many designers who make suits. Some people just wake up, find a tailor, and start making suits with him. And then... I still needed to carve a niche from the suit world, or should I say from the menswear world. So I tried to find out my area of strength. No matter how hard I try, I've come to discover that I love colors. I really, really love colors, bold colors. I'd, I'd wear a jacket that a man would be scared of wearing, not all the time, but I took it as an area of strength. So if you Google Jason Porsche and you go through my collections, you'd see that there are so many colors, pop of colors, prints, so many crazy things, you know. But not so, so crazy, like you cannot wear them. Crazy and then wearable. So that's, that kind of carved a niche for me because 
in a world where there are so many people, so many fashion designers, okay, let's come back here. In Nigeria, where there are so many suit makers, there's one young person who likes to play with colors, bold colors, and then put it on men. I started with an actor called Alex Okubo. I made a couple of tuxedos from, for him. Uh, I think that was AMVCA 2014. Uh, uh, yeah. I think he won Best Dressed Male or so. I really can't remember now. I did 20, another one in 2015. I kept following up those crazy ass tuxedos, printed tuxedos on these guys. And the, the wave was massive. It gained a huge momentum. In fact, the polka dot tuxedo I made for Ike Obona, I reproduced over 100 pieces. And up till date, it's still a top selling design for the Jason Porsche brand. It stood me out from the crowd. I wasn't living fully in Lagos then. I used to shuffle Portacot and Lagos. But when that design came to light, I was in a hotel for two weeks and I didn't feel it because I kept receiving calls and I kept getting orders. And it was like I was the only person who was making that polka dot design before it went viral and everybody. I used to get a lot of people tagging me now with the design and I'm like, yo, I already made my money. Enjoy. <laughs> so that's it. When you find your area of strength, when you find your niche, trust me, you stand out from the crowd. You know? So that helped me to carve my name. Whenever designers or men who love colors hear my name, irrespective of the fact that I can still make you a regular suit, I'll still point out to you that, yo, I can actually do something crazy if you want. So that's your niche. In any aspect of life, whatever you want to go into, be it fashion design, be it photography, whatever it is, find your strength. It's your area of strength that you make more money from. It's even in the Bible. When you've found yourself, when you've found your talent, you will sit with kings. As early as I, I studied fashion design, in fact, before I made my debut to the runway, just like we're seated now, I was sitting right next to the governor of River State, Amechi. And we're laughing. And I was looking at myself like, you know, because your talent is your gift. That's God's gift to you. So if you're able to carve a career around that talent of yours, if you're able to create a brand out of it, you'd stand before kings. You'd make money. You would be successful. So when you carve your niche for yourself, then you apply passion, determination, and then you believe in God. Trust me, you'd be a successful fashion designer. Thank you very much. Hello? Yeah. So in, in summary, what he's saying is you should um, carve your niche. And from what she said, you should, you, you should try and do something that is relatable, something that you think, oh, someone out there, someone somewhere out there would think, oh, this, I, I think I relate to this. Um, so we'll go on to the next question. Um, that would be for you, Joanne. Um, so at what point do you think, um, okay, I've, I, 
I've done enough of free jobs. When do I think that, oh, I think I've, I, have, um, I have the talent, so I think I've learned enough at this point, so I think I should start charging. So what point, at what point do you? Okay, um, <clears throat> I started my career uh, 2014 officially, and um, during that period, was, it was really, really, really not so easy because... Um, I made up and I left Globalcom because I worked with Globalcom, the communication industry, for two years. And leaving at that time was like a decision I had to make because while I was there, um, you know, people were just asking me questions like, why are you here? You have this talent. Why, why are you doing here? You know, you're picking calls because I was picking calls then before I was moved to Glow World. You know, so like it was something else then. And when I made up my mind, I started because then when we do the glow thing, we meet a lot of celebrities for uh, glow bounce, all the, the packages and all that. So when I meet celebrities like Funke Akidele and all that, they ask, they were like, oh, I love this outfit you're wearing. Oh, the way you do. I'm like, thank you. Your makeup is nice. I'm like, thank you very much. I know. I left glow. I did a lot of free jobs like. I can't even remember. Oh, my God. I got tired. Hey, they will use you, eh? Oh, my God. Hey, You will even be tired. You might even want to give up. Like, is this really what I was? Is this what I, was it worth it? But at the end of the day, you would realize that those free jobs were really worth it. The whole free jobs you did and all that, it's really worth your time. Okay, um, I worked for Tony Lawani, Tiana Space Empire, for a while. And yes, I did a lot of free jobs for, <clears throat> for a lot of, sorry, I, for a lot of celebrities. Um, maybe we have like a whole uh, celebrities, uh, like a whole, a whole uh, scene. How do I even put it? Like an event, yes. We take over the whole event. So I will be sent to style. Yemi Alade, Simi, Olamide, Dari, I'll style all of them like that without a pay. Sometimes, yes, then, no, now, now they can't try it. <laughs> no, yes, then it happened. So, but there was a point in my life that even the, the designer told, said this time, it's, it's, it can't even, we can't even. I just, there was it, she was even the one that brought, I saw like an envelope handed over to me. I was amazed. How? Because of the passion, the commitment, the zeal, the willingness, the courage I kept giving myself. Like, you have to be determined. This is something I always wanted to do. Something that came from my heart. It wasn't like something I was... If, if it's something you're pretending to be or something, you get tired at, at the long run and you, you, you quit. But I never stopped. I kept going on and on until I started working for Yemi Alade. I, we, I got paid. Like I was even... When I got my first pay, I was shocked. I said, well, you can make money from this. Like It's not a joke. It was a magazine, uh, they call it the Red Sheet magazine. And that was my first uh, cover page with Yemi Aladi, the Red Sheet magazine. I kept working, 
different mag companies started calling. A lot of different celebrities started calling in, and that was how I even uh, Senator Itagiba. I've worked for I've worked for like a lot of people that I don't even. They, a lot of people that do not like social media, they don't even want their pictures to be everywhere. You just, they just love being reserved. But I pull out outfits for like a million naira, even when I was in America, pulled outfits for how much, and then style videos, videos like the videos you see on TV and all that. Yes, I style them. You get paid heavily for that. So, like, it, a point in my life, I got very, very tired. I, I, I won't say I got tired. I didn't get tired, actually. I was just like, how do I put it? I wasn't tired of the, of the free job, but I kept telling myself that one day it's going to stop. One day it's going to end. It's going to end one day, and it did. And I prayed. I kept praying because I told God, look, oh, this is not what you ordained for me to be doing few few jobs. You must talk to your father in heaven. He's very, very key. God first in everything. You must get his direction. You must always have God. Because without God's direction, it's just like you're walking cops on it. That means you don't even know what you're doing. But this was something that I had passion for right from when I was a child. Even my dad says it. Right from when I was a very little child. And that was how I just started. I had the, when I was in university, uh, I started working. I won awards. I kept winning awards, and that was it. So just what I would say is just have the, the courage. Just motivate yourself, even when you keep getting the free, when you do the free jobs, there'll be an end to it. And afterwards, you enjoy the rest. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Joanne. Thank you. So basically what she said is that you would have to um, do free jobs. And as you're doing that, you'll be learning and you finance, finance your skills. So when you eventually start to get paid, you, you think, oh, you think to yourself, well, this is really worth it in the end. So um, Jason, next question is for you. Um, so what are the challenges of starting a fashion business? Because I know with every business, there are challenges. There's, there are different things that have to be put together. So what, what challenges did you face, and how did you overcome them? OK, so um, normally, first of all, nothing good comes easy. So you're going to um, meet a lot, I mean, a lot. <laughs> A lot of challenges. Um, when I decided to go all out, first of all, like I said earlier, I was working in a firm. So I wasn't um, a full-time designer yet. So uh, I, well, in fact, when I decided to resign, I didn't have a dime on me. Because when you're working and earning salary sometimes, <laughs> before the next salary comes, you've already, <laughs> it's crazy. You know, so I didn't see that thing coming. Like, I didn't see me losing my job coming. No, like, okay, this is what happened. So um, I was supposed to do, there was a, a big show in Portaco then called Native and Vogue International Fashion Week. They flew in models from all around the world for the show. Um, it was sponsored by the River State government. Uh, 
So um, a friend called me and wanted me to do the show. And to do that show, since I was going to work every day, I needed to take um, some days off from the office. So when I went and told my boss that, okay, for, I was supposed to, in fact, I was supposed to be a medical doctor. Yeah, I was supposed to be a medical doctor, you know. So after I, I studied computer engineering, um, that's how I started working for my uncle. So then it was time for me to go back to China, Shenyang Medical College in China. Everything was ready, uh, my visa and everything, you know. And then I was chasing this River State contract as well, um, the Carnival contract, um, Carnival. Um, it was a lot of money. Uh, it was about five million at the time I was chasing it. And then when, when it finally cleared, I, I don't know if anybody knows Sam Didi. Yeah, he was one of the board of um, whatever. He was one of the people, Sha. And the guy sat on our money. And we saw 3.5 million. He owes me money till today. <laughs> so it was just the contract was worth 3.5 million, you know. But then I was still working in the firm. So when I told my my boss that I had to um, leave for China, no, sorry, I, I needed to leave for Abuja first of all to get the visa, and then I had to go for that fashion show. So as at the time I told him I needed to leave, I had already I had like an extra week added to it, you know. So I was trying to be smart, you know. So he told me, you're not going anywhere. You're not leaving my company. Because that particular branch, all the customers were used to me. It was as bad as even when he comes to work and he wants to attend to some customers, they'll say no. They'll call me from inside because they were used to me, you know. My boss was a very proud person, so he was arrogant, uh, you know. He, if, you, if you're not buying up to... 10 pieces of stock. <laughs> he doesn't see any need why he should talk to you. But even if you're buying three, I'll come and spend over 30 minutes and I'll make you feel good about that three that you're buying. You know, so they were comfortable with me. You know, so he knew that if I had left at that time, it would have been a blow. You know, so he was uncomfortable with it. But finally, finally, he let me go. And um, I now went for, in fact, I don't know if anybody knows Mr. Franco Shodi. Mr. Franco Shodi played a huge role in my career. Um, he was actually the organizer for the Native and Vogue International Fashion Week in Portaco that year. So Mr. F I was supposed to come for fitting. They, they had two days for fitting. So the first day, the young designers were supposed to come for fitting. But then the young designers only had access to the Portaco models. So the second day was for the big designers. Them, Adebayo Jones, Zizikado, Maya Tafo, you know. Then I had, I, right now, me and Maya Tafo, we are very cool friends. But then I was looking at him like, you know, like a mentor. So that first day I didn't come for fitting. Um, Mr. Franco Shady called me directly. And he said, young man, from the moment we picked you for this show, you have been behaving funny. You're very proud. You're very, ah. I'm like, he didn't know I was working, but I couldn't tell him I was working because I didn't want to be disqualified. So I didn't go that day. So I went the second day after I, I, finally, I was finally granted the off from the office. I went the second day that was reserved for the big designers. And the South African lady walked up to me and she said, oh, I'm very sorry, Jason, you're not going to be on the show. And I laughed and I said, madam, me. <laughs> no, I will do this show. 
<laughs> you know, she was surprised. I went to my stand where they had my name on it, and I started bringing out my clothes, and I was hanging them. And as I was hanging them, the, the big models randomly walked in, you know. And then that was where I met Alex Okubo for the first time, Uti, Benra, Ajibade, and all, Abaraya and Okwara. And then they all ran to my stand, and they're like, wow, you made this? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I did, you know. They started dragging the clothes to fit into my own clothes, you know. The models that were reserved for the young designers were all intimidated, and they were at the other side of the hall. And these guys that were saved for, the big ones, were dragging to fit into my clothes. And I was in awe. I was like, these are guys I, I used to watch on TV, and I'm like, man, one day this guy's going to, you know. And I was just looking at them. So uh, they said, when you get to Rome, you behave like the Romans. So I was now forming boss now. I was like, oh, okay. I said, no, no, you, you're going to tear my suit now. Bring it now, uh, you know. <laughs> but I was excited inside, you know. So I just kept calm. And then this whole thing, they wore the clothes, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, I finally had my stuff on the runway. And then after the whole Native and Vogue International Fashion Week, I was the only designer on the runway that had his collection out on Bella Niger, you know. So I went back to work and then my boss asked me to leave the office. Okay, yeah. Before I did the show, yeah, I was on, I had an interview. So I was, I was seated right next to the governor. That was when Channel TV started broadcasting live in Nigeria for the first time. I didn't know I was live on TV. So while we were talking, my boss was watching me in the office. And he called his wife, Gladys. My, my name is Chica. So, Gladys, is that not Chica? And they were looking at me with Jason Porsche on the screen. He wasn't getting it. He was like, ah. And he was, he's sitting next to the governor. You know, <laughs> he's, he's sitting right next to, you know. So I didn't know that this was happening. My phone was on silent, lucky enough for me. I had over 10 missed calls over 10 missed calls from the office line. So when I finally got out of, out of the, the um, interview, I pulled out my phone, 10 missed calls, office line, I was like. So I finally put my phone in my ear and called the office. And then when my, my colleague called, immediately I took the call. What I heard was, Jason Bosch. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> I just knew that. It was the word casted, I don't cast. You know? I said, ah, Victor, what's happened? He said, ah, oh, I watch you for TV now. I said, ah, me. When he said, oh, by no reason, I'm boss, self watch you. Ah. <laughs> you know? So I still went to Abuja and I was granted the visa and then I came back to the office. And I came to the office just like a normal working day. And my boss called and asked me to leave. I came the next day. He called again and he asked me to leave. This thing happened on and on and on and on. And then I stopped coming. And then he just called me randomly after a while and said I should resume work, but in the head office, which was very far from my house. So I was spending a lot of money going to work every day. So I was still chasing that River State contract. And then one day I was sitting in the office and then after the long, we were going, we were going for meetings for that contract for almost a month. So finally God did it. And then I was just sitting in the office. Bam. Alert. I opened my phone. Millions. 
Everything started pissing me off at work. <laughs> when I'm just sitting like this, and then my boss goes, Chica! And then I just walk to him, and I'm like, sir. Because they usually give us targets for the month, and I think mine was about two point something million. I was even earning up to, you know, but the target was massive. And then, how much have you made this, this month? I'd actually sold only one thing, and that was for 30,000 Naira. And I told him, he said, look, can't you see you are useless to me? I am trying to help you. Can't you see you? Are? And at that point in my mind, I'm like, yes, I'm very useless to you. Just want to leave. <laughs> and so I left after work that day. The next day, I didn't come to work on time. I came in very late. And then I just went to his office and I drew paper from the rack and then letter of resignation. The man was in shock and I left. So I delivered the, the contract. We, they, they asked us to produce 250 pieces of carnival costumes in two weeks. And I delivered in one week. I was in Port Harcourt. So I just traveled to a bar, packed tailors, came back to my house. Say, ah, we go walk. Oh. So in one week, I made sure we produced everything. And then I delivered. The press in Portacot and everybody was in awe, you know. So you see the way it sounded now. It's so it's like a story. It's exciting. But it wasn't easy. It was really difficult. I had a hard time trying to boost my confidence each time. My boss was calling me a fool and an idiot for not being able to do what he wanted me to do. I really learned from him because he was one of my mentors at the time. The land he, he, he had his building on was over 12 million. His house was over 20 something million. And I was, you know, I was looking up to him, you know. He was a very strict person. And I, I think it, I learned a lot business wise and everything. You know, so before you start a fashion career, a proper fashion career, to be very honest with you, anybody who is telling you that you don't need funds is not telling you the complete story. You need money to start a business. You know, you need good money. And I always say this all the time. So many young people get it wrong. It's not about how your clothes look photographically. It's not about how your clothes look in pictures, on Instagram, on your social media platforms. It's about quality. So many young people pay attention to how their clothes look photographically, and it's wrong. You can see a fashion designer on Instagram, over 100K followers. And he, put up, he puts up something and all his friends are like, yo, slay, yo, yeah, yo, you, you the shit, you the this. And then when you're in a small space touching and feeling their work, you're heartbroken. Because it's not worth the hype. And then when you now ask the price, because you want to wear the name, they will now tell you 200,000 for her tie. 
But it's high material. That's a wrong move. Yeah, you want your brand to be a luxury brand, whatever it is, but you need to get the first thing right, which is quality. You have to pay attention to the quality of your product. You don't just make money. You, you have to solve problems to make money. And you cannot make money by creating more problems. You cannot give me something that's substandard and ask me to pay a hilarious amount. No. So after you strive so hard to, to, to be able to set up a brand, these are the things you need to understand. First of all, you need capital. It's not just about, see, the business of fashion is actually very broad. To be able to ask people for a certain amount of money, you need to give them a reason to pay you that amount of money. You have to give them value for their money. Yeah, because you need, first of all, why I'm actually saying that you need capital to set up a fashion brand is this. You need to have an office. You need to have a store. That's if you actually want to make good money, you can start small. I'm not saying if you don't have a store, you can't start. Me that is talking to you. I started in my room. I hung a mannequin in my room. Every day when I wake up, I look at the mannequin, and the mannequin reminds me that I want to be successful. Surround yourself. Your environment has to be reminding you constantly of your drive, your passion, what you were born to do. I hung a mannequin in my room, and every day I woke up, I saw that mannequin. I was reminded of my purpose in life. So you can start from your room. Design something really good. Take good pictures. Put it up on social media. But then, when you want to stand big, you need a store. You need an office. You need. It's not just about the clothes anymore. That's when you want to go all out. It's about quality. It's about the experience. When a customer comes and then he takes a piece, he fits it. He, if you want to blow his mind, he comes to the store. You serve him a cold bottle of champagne. Ah, what will you tell that kind of person that he won't think twice? The experience, he feels good trying out the clothes. He, he tells you he's not comfortable. You don't run mad because he's telling you he's not comfortable. You listen to what he has to say, and then you try to satisfy him. Trust me, if you make him feel good and he leaves, he's going to tell other people about you. It's not a bed of roses. I learned the hard way. I used to be a very proud person because I started, I started counting a lot of money when I was very young. In fact, at, at 19, I started counting millions. So it got into my head. I was actually a very proud person. But growing up, I now understood life. I learned my own way. It, it's just like I learned from life itself. When a client tells me he doesn't like this. I get upset. I say, yeah, it's not like you don't like it. You just don't want to pay. I use this. No. People's tastes are actually different. So something that is good for you might not be good for him. Regardless of what you're getting. You can, you can buy a fabric, a yard for almost 4,000 naira, and then you give it to a client and you're excited that that fabric is really, really pricey and quality-wise, it's, it's 100%. And he would not be happy with it because he's expecting something more. If he's, if he's asking you for something below what you presented, 
Don't be mad. Don't be upset. Educate him. That's why he paid for your expertise. You have to be patient. Educate him and tell him, okay, fine. Uh, I know that this is what you want to, but I mean, this is actually why I'm working with this. Because that one that you want is substandard. Some people don't know. They just see stuff and they want it. So it's your, it's in, it's in, it's your ability. It's, it's left for you to educate them and tell them, okay, this is this and this is that. Long story short, you're going to face a lot of challenges trying to build up a brand. But strive harder. Believe in yourself. Get the required things. You need to have a... Not necessarily... You don't even need to own a factory. If you can have about four tailors who understand you and who you have chemistry with, you can work with them. If You can even start from your house. I said working from my house. You know? But with time you grow. Don't ever forget that you are supposed to go all out so that you can now go as big as you want and now give people quality and give them um, value for their money, you know. So it's a journey. You get a capital. After the capital, you set yourself up the way you want to be and then you give people value for their money, solve problems, and you make more money. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's working. Thank you, Jason. Thank you so much. Um, so my next question is for Makioba. I think um, with every business, with every startup, there is always the problem of funding. So I'd like I'd like to ask what how what are the sources of funding for a fashion business, or how did you fund your fashion business? Okay. Thank you very much. Um, I will start by. I actually, I was, I was actually working. I was working in a, in a multinational, in, in an um, oil and gas servicing company in Kutakot. And, and I told myself that, okay, I'll work for, for a while and I will, I'll give myself some time, then I would like to be an entrepreneur. But I, I didn't know exactly what I want to do. I've been a fashionable person. I just dress good, I look good, I make sure I look good. And go out, go to work, and all that. So my place of work, they've always, you know, complimented the way I look. So, and I know I don't know how to do buying and selling. I cannot just do, I, can, I can't go and buy clothes, you know, or shoes and come and meet you and convince you. So I needed something I will create with my hands. You know, something I will sit down and create. And I told myself, okay, maybe I should, maybe I should venture into fashion design. Not that it was a calling or something I, I thought of for a very long time. I said, let me go into fashion design. It's just a risk. I resigned from, the pl from my place of work to come to Lagos to, learn, to go to a fashion school. And I got so many backlash. You know, families and friends like telling me, colleagues, are you crazy? Why will you leave your place of work? So many, there are so many people around you that do not even have a job in a, in a good company. And you have a good job and you want to leave it, and, and want, you want to be a tailor, because that was what they kept telling me, you want to be a tailor. I said, you know, I was now seeing, I tried to read into, I tried to read the, um, the art of fashion, you know, the business, what, you know, what and what and what you need to be a fashion designer. It's not just a fashion designer, a fashion entrepreneur, a business person in, that is into fashion. And the first thing I got was, you have to go to a fashion school. You have to learn the craft. 
that was that's just me. I don't it could work. So many, so many, uh, some of that thing can work for any other person. That's just me. So I had to learn the craft. I came to Lagos and went to a fashion school. So I did. I got my diploma in fashion school. And now, how do I? How do I start? I said, okay, I don't know anybody. I don't have friends. Families and friends are not yet, not yet, not much. I here in Lagos. I don't have people here in Lagos. Okay, I need to network. For me to network, I got a job. I got a job somewhere. I worked for about three years. So while working, I was doing this. I was, you know, um, designing for my colleagues, for people around me. You know, my colleagues would tell their friends, their friends would tell their cousins, and just like that. And even some work clothes I would wear, I would design for myself, and, and people would say. So that was how I started networking from there. And while I was doing that, I started saving for myself. You know, this month end salary, I'll buy one machine, you know, buy overlocker, buy, you know, just like that. Every month, just like that, while I'm doing it. I, I didn't have any, I didn't employ anybody while working in that place. I didn't, I didn't employ anybody because I'll leave the house. I don't think I want to put somebody in my house that I'm not so comfortable with. I didn't have a store. My guest room was my, my workshop, my showroom, my everything. Just the guest room. So I did that for some time until, that was from, until 2012, December, I had to resign from my place of work and started this full time to 2013. So by that 2013, because of those little, little savings I've been doing, those little, little mountain, you buy this, you buy that, I never knew I actually have gathered things. You know, I'll buy and store, buy and store, just like that. I never knew I've gathered things. So I moved, I now moved to, um, I now moved to a duplex that has boys, but I said, I want, to, I want to work from home. So I moved to a, into a duplex, and I said, the boys quarters, that's where I work. The boys quarters with um, three, three rooms and good, you know, lounge and, and everything. Only for me to fill up the place with all those things I bought, and it was like, as if I've been, I've been into this business for a very long time. Just from those little, little things. That's, so what he said that you can start small, you can actually start small. That if, somebody, if somebody tells you you don't, you, you don't need big money, no, it's, that's not true. But you can, you know, you can give your, you can target yourself like maybe one year or, or in 18 months, I want to get this. And you can be buying bit by bit, bit by bit. You can start with the black machine, the butterfly and the singers and, and all that. I started with singer or butterfly, one of them. Then from there, I now found this brother machine, the, this um, second-hand brother machine, which I loved so much. I started using it from there before we you know, moved to the industrial machine and all that. But you can really, really start small and gather all those things. So it, my funding actually came from my... Little, little salary, putting my salary together, making sure every month I buy one thing for myself. Or if I don't buy, if I don't buy this month, I'll make sure maybe next month I buy, just like that. And, you know, um, kind of maybe limit, if you have, if you have, um, if you have a plan for yourself, I think somehow, somehow you will limit your expenses on trinkets and things that are not so necessary. So, that is, the, but then, and, Besides that, I think I had, okay, I have 
a very supporting husband that really, really saw passion and innovation in what I said I want to do and I'm doing, and he really, really supported me. So there's no, it's no like no money from anywhere, no big contract from anywhere, no nothing from anywhere. Just little, little savings that you know, you know, and building consistency, making sure you pay attention to details because I pay attention to details a lot. So when my things go out there, when customers they see, they'll be like. Wow, so I never knew Nigerian designers can actually make things and as if you can wear the back of my clothes. That's how it is. My my clothing are so neat that you can if it's possible you can wear the back of it. So I pay attention to that details. So that's what people see and you know keep having um recommendations. People keep referring you from one person to another and all that. So everything started small and so far as I'm concerned, I'm still growing. I don't think I'm even halfway do what what I want to do or what I where I want to be with my brand. I don't think I'm even halfway. But I think everything is a gradual process. There is nothing that starts, you know. And forget about social media hype, for God's sake. Honestly, forget about social media hype. Just do what you want to do. Pay attention to details. That is the key. Make sure you give your clients good finishing. Make sure threads are not hanging out here and there. Make sure the, the inside is looking neat. You know, there are sometimes you see people, you um, maybe some clients will bring some clothes and say, please uh, help me and amend this. So oh, because my tailor spoils it or my designer spoils it or something. And you open the inside and be like, wow, what is this? You know, because I and my my staff they know me very well. That I don't want to see anything. Anything that I cannot wear, so you cannot, you must not give it to a client. You must not give it to a customer. If I can, if I cannot wear it, you must not give it to a, client, a customer. So everything has to be very, very neat. So I think that really took my brand a very long way, or to where it is at this moment. So uh, financing, it has to. I, for me, it was just little, little savings, and up till now. So that's what we are doing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Makeba. So basically, what she said is that you can self-finance. You can start small. You buy one thing, you buy that thing, you buy that thing, and then it becomes, you start building, and then it becomes something eventually. Um, so my next question is for you, um, Joanne. Um, so what inspired you to start your own business? Okay, thanks for the question. Well, inspiration is a very good thing. It's a, it's a very good thing in every business. If you want to take your business to another level beyond, you have to be inspired by something, somebody, or yourself. Well, I got inspired by myself, I think. Yes, I, I got inspired by the things I by my vision, I would say, because I had like this great vision. My dreams are too big. My imagination, my vision was just so big that I told myself I could take fashion styling to another level because um, I see a lot of people, they dress, but I, I ask myself sometimes, oh, what is this person wearing? You know, I could do something 
I could tell the person, oh, can you just talk in this? Or can you wear a white shoe instead of a black shoe? Or can you do this? And I and they, they're like, oh, thank you so much. Oh, you even look better. So I'm like, yes, I could. It made, it made sense to me because a lot of people start saying, oh, John Gerard tells me to do this. And they just consult me for what they are going to wear for whatever they're going for, events, photo shoots, video shoots. And the more I do my job, the more I do my calling, I would say, the more I see myself, I, the more I see a lot, I just, I just get more inspired by nature too. Because um, I see God has done a lot of, has designed everyone in a special way. You see flowers, you see animals, you see different designs in different ways. So I feel um, nature also inspires me. And um, yes, that's what I'll say. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Joanne. Um, so, Jason, my next question is for you. Um, so, relating to to fashion, combining fashion and your full-time job, whatever it is, do you think it's possible? Or do you think it's achievable? Because now you guys have said, oh, I worked up to a point and then I had to quit my old job and face fashion fully. So. What do you think? Do you think is possible to combine a full-time job with fashion? Honestly, uh, you can start like that, but you have to give it your all, honestly. Because if you, if you listen to us, like what we've been saying, it's, it's, that's how it is. Before you go into anything, you have to know what it is that you're going into. So it starts like that. But fashion is actually very demanding. You know, okay. Imagine you're sitting in a, an office, yeah, and then let's say your your salary is two hundred k, and then you own a store, or possibly you run a fashion business on on the side, and then probably you have okay, I make suits, so probably you have like twenty people you're supposed to make suits for for a wedding, and let's say maybe um, the worth of that job is about okay, let's just say one point five million, and then you're sitting in an office where you earn two hundred k and then you deliver the job, and something goes wrong. And the clients are angry, and they tell you they want a refund. Won't you start sweating? You're sitting in an office, you earn 200 k and then somebody wants you to refund one point. How? You will run out of the office. <laughs> you understand? So fashion is actually very demanding, because you need to pay full attention to it. Even if you employ people, if you need to get something right, you need to do it yourself. Because for me, regardless of anything, whenever my tailors bring a finished product, you see me cutting all the tiny threads, changing the buttons. I can actually just see one thing that will piss me off, and I'll say, okay, trash this, trash this, trash this job. Let's start over. It's as bad as even the way the thread was crossed. It's either it goes like 11 or it goes like times. And then you get so, upset. And I get upset. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what it is. So in my honest opinion, you need to give it your full attention. You know? But the way my mind is structured, 
I feel like any person can own so many things. For example, I believe, and I'm working towards it, I believe I can own an empire. I believe I can have Jason Posh as a fashion line. And a new company I'm working on called Jason Posh Interiors, yeah? Um, we make furnitures, so it's more like we design people's homes. And then I'm, I'm looking forward to launching an oil and gas sector, a filling station as well. But it takes, takes time, yeah? So it's, it's a journey. But to be able to, okay, let's just look at the designers outside Nigeria. For example, there's Jojo Amani, there's Ralph Lauren. These guys own fashion empires and then own museums and then own so many other things. So as an, as an entrepreneur, you can actually do a lot, but you have to give it your all, especially in the initial stages. When your brand stands the way you want it, and then you have possibly someone you've employed who thinks like you, or who will be furious when he sees a thread pop out its head, you know? A normal tailor that you've employed and you're paying would see the thread and say, I eh, know I like the customer say I mean drunk come out now. But then if you've employed someone who is supposed to do quality control, yes, quality control. and then that thing comes out, he he would be furious at the tailor, tell him exactly how he wants it, and then possibly do it himself. You know? So you need your full attention. Fashion requires that you give it your full attention if you need to get it right, you know, because you don't want people going all around complaining. But don't get it wrong. You can actually give it your all and have people that are unsatisfied. Yes. Don't get me wrong. You can still have that one client that is hardly satisfied. It's normal. It's normal. But just give it your all. You know, I've actually had one client who I made suits for over five times. I made the first one. He wore it. He was excited as I left. He said he didn't like it again. I went back to his house with another one. I left the first one with him. I went back to his house with a new one. He, he saw it. Ah, he was happy. He did the fitting. He called his wife. They were happy. He said, do you want something to eat? I said, no, I'm fine. As I, as I left, two days later, he didn't like it again. This thing went on and on and on until I now said, okay. When he now came, I said, I don't like it. I said, okay, sir, it's fine, no problem. Keep all of them. Years later, I ran into him and he saw me. Ah, this man. Oh, how are you? How is business? Sir, we thank God. God has been faithful. Okay, I will stop by this. Okay, you want to? Because at that point, even if he's not satisfied, or even if he wanted more, the way you attended to him, yeah. the way you tried so hard to please him, will do the work for you. Mm -hmm. So you actually, as a business person, you need to have a good heart. You actually need to have a good heart. But don't let people take advantage of you. Know when to switch. Know when to snap out of it but you need to have a good heart. Because my journey, yeah, there are so many things, so many good things that have happened to me that I don't have answers for. 
that I can't explain how, you know. But I feel it's just God's grace. And then possibly because I was a good person, you know, because regardless of the fact that you are so good with your work, sometimes your work, regardless of how good it is, your work will speak for you, yeah? But sometimes to get to the next level is just grace. In fact, when I got my, my carnival contract in River State, the one I told you was 3.5 million, I was the youngest designer. They needed nine designers and we'd be at 40. We were 40 people that came for that interview. And then when I walked into the hall, everybody was quiet. And the guy called me close to him, and he asked my age, and I told him. And he said, sit down. And he told me to elaborate on the project and tell him my story. I was blabbing. And he laughed. And he corrected me. And then he said, we are giving you the job. He said, I'm not giving you the job because you're good. Obviously, you couldn't defend your, your storyline. But I'm giving you the job because I'm asking myself right now what I was doing at your age way back. I'm giving you the job because you have inspired me. That's how I hit my first million. And it wasn't because of my work. It was because of God's grace. It was because of passion. You understand? So, so many times... Regardless of the fact that eh, you have to be good, you actually have to be nice, you actually have to be passion-driven, you actually have to be determined to get to the next level. So back to the question, yeah? Fashion is actually a big deal. Fashion is actually a big deal. There are some fashion brands now that their staff own cars. I have a friend who bought a a car for one of his tailors recently. I don't know if anybody knows Kimono Collection. His store is in Lekki. He bought a car for one of his tailors. David Wedge, too, does stuff like that, you know. So fashion is a big deal, a really big deal. The brands outside Nigeria, (laughs) you can't say that it's one person who owns the company because there's there's a board of directors now. Because it's actually big. People buy shares in two fashion companies. So you can't just sit down and be fun. You actually have to dream big. So it's not a small business. You actually have to be up for it, you know. So that's what I'll say. Just give it your full attention. When your brand stands the way you want it, then you can think of expanding. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us. Stay tuned to our next episode. Subscribe to us at Startup Lagos on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Visit us at www.startuplagos.co.